Welcome or welcome back to another episode of Way Too Wifey. I am your host, Respectfully Gabby, and in this podcast, we talk all things dating and relationships in this modern day. If you have not done so already, please hit that subscribe button, turn on your bell notification so you will never miss another episode if you're watching this on YouTube. And then if you're watching this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts, please leave that five-star rating. And thank you so much to everyone that has already done so. I really, truly appreciate it. So thank you. Another announcement, I am now accepting clients for my online coaching. If you've ever had questions, concerns, if your dating life is in shambles, if you don't know what's going wrong, feel free to reach out. I'm here to answer any questions and then hit the link in my bio to apply if you're serious about transforming your dating life. With that being said, let's hop into the episode. Today we have a guest. I am super excited to have you on, Xavier. Welcome to Waity Wifey. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Honestly. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm happy to be joined by someone in the same niche, <laughs> relationship <laughs> coaching, if you will. Yeah. But um, what got you into that? Because I know that like for me, I had a series of unfortunate relationships and that's kind of like what drove me into um, becoming like a dating coach. But I'm curious for you, like what your story is. Um, I think very similar to yours. You know, um, I had a series of, you know, bad incidents in relationships. They weren't like terrible or anything, but these little things kept going wrong that would lead to the end. And I'm bad at endings. You know, like I hate breaking up. It's the worst <laughs> thing in the world. I'll do it, but I don't like it. But then I realized I don't know. I just got really lucky in regards to meeting the right people that pointed out that it wasn't so much the other person as it was me. And then after having that opportunity of figuring out it was me and I needed to fix a lot of stuff about myself, I was like, wow, a lot of people need this information because what we're thinking is not always what what we think it is. Right. (laughs) We're quick to blame everyone else. So that's where it helped me out. Yeah, I think it's so easy to blame a lot of other people for your own problems. But the truth is, like, you're putting up with a lot of the things. So it's like, who's really the problem here? But I'm curious, like, what were the, some of the things that um, you noticed for yourself? By myself? Um, <laughs> definitely that I would project, you know. Uh, so, like, this was, and this was, like, 10 years ago. So we're digging. But, you know, I had my share of insecurities and, you know, things that I wasn't, I guess, ready enough to handle and I would go past my limitations. So like, for example, if there was a certain behavior that was being presented to me that I didn't find safe or comfort in, I would try to act like I could deal with that just because I felt like it was the right thing to do. Or society says as a dude, you should be okay with this, you know, or you're insecure. And then I had to sit down and really think to myself, like not everybody is going to present the same behaviors. Not everyone is going to be the same. So there's kind of like an equal balance where on one hand, I can try to make myself stronger and more secure, but on the other hand, acknowledging my deal breakers and staying away from people that contain those, at least for a relationship level. So I think it was a little bit of a balancing act between both where I had to learn that effort and like becoming less insecure. Yeah, I think that's a good point that you brought up, like having the the balance between the two because those insecurities are still gonna like carry with you but you don't have to be with someone that brings them out of you and I think that that's like that's huge but I know that you wrote um a book so can you do you want to get into that a little bit 
Yeah, so I um, was the worst dater on the planet. So as much as people come to me <laughs> with their one-off problems, I probably had just about all of them. So the the book is called The Five Toxic Dating Styles on Amazon Prime, and you can get it. You can order it. Um, it was the first book I ever wrote. So there were some things wrong in the book, but okay. I feel like it gives off that authenticity. Like, hey, this was my first time. You're going to see me as is, right? Right. So, but basically it's just like spelling or whatever, but there are five styles that I believe that come forth in our dating process where we can look at ourselves and say, what can I do better? Like, for mm -hmm. example, one, the first, very first thing is the giver. And the giver is a person that says, oh, I'm too much of a giver. I'm so much of a giver. Woe is me. Relationships yeah. <laughs> don't work out because I give too much. And it's like, but at the same time, there is a, a bad part to that, right? Yeah. Like there is a little bit of a concern because what I've noticed is people who say they're givers, like, okay, for example, here's what I say in the book. If you give money to a homeless person, right? You give them a dollar or two. Mm -hmm. Are you going to, expect that they give you something in return no <laughs> exactly so why don't we approach dating that way where we say i'm only gonna do what i want out of the kindness of my heart it's okay to be a giver but you have to understand that you have a limitation the mm -hmm. second you require something back the second you're saying to yourself this is transactional you're not that much of a giver you know yeah. you want something in return so at what this person has shown you, what are you okay with doing at this point? And it's okay to say, I'm cheap, unless you're more consistent, right? Mm -hmm. I can't be vulnerable until I've known you for at least two months. I can't give you my love until I've seen for at least three months that you are who you say you are. Right. Don't try to give out these things prematurely because then when the person doesn't show up for you or they haven't been given the time or space to do so, now you're upset because you're like, I gave all of this and I didn't get anything in return. Yeah. You can't have the same argument. You can't say I'm a giver while also being upset the person didn't give you what you wanted. You shouldn't have gave that much. You should have only gave enough where the person, if they didn't choose to give you, you wouldn't be upset. So that sounds a little circular and confusing. I feel like. No, 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 no. I, I completely agree. I would, I definitely like saw the five types because um, I was looking into it. <laughs> Um, and I was like, damn, I kind of like fell into that category a lot. And that's kind of why I um, started this podcast of Way Too Wifey, because I felt like I was like giving so much of myself and I wasn't getting anything in return. But I think it's just like in the beginning, you shouldn't be giving out what not necessarily not giving back, but you're OK with giving and it just being that. Absolutely. So did you um, resonate with the giver at all or is this just something that you've seen a lot within? Oh, yeah, both. Right. Like, cause I mean, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions with people. So it started with me um, mm -hmm. and I would find a way to make it sound socially acceptable. Right. Like I would say, well, if I give this amount of effort, clearly in the next two months, you should know I'm, I'm your boyfriend. Right. Like it would just be that <laughs> easy. Like if I show you the right things, I should get the right things in return. Right. And then when it didn't work out, I would say there's something wrong with the other person. When in actuality, I didn't learn what that person's idea of love was. I didn't learn what they actually needed. And maybe I was given the wrong things. Maybe I just needed to be more patient. And then I've seen sessions where people have said, man, I gave so much. I gave so much. I gave everything I had. Meanwhile, this person was telling you from the beginning, I'm not emotionally available. 
So yeah. what were you giving to someone that wasn't emotionally available for? What, what was the expectation here? Right. You have to know the person that you're giving it to is actually going to be the person that is going to appreciate what you're giving. Mm-hmm. I've also seen where culturally people use that, right? And they say, well, it's in my culture to give. It's a part of my upbringing. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I understand that, but not everybody understands your family dynamic in particular. Not everybody understands how you were raised. Not everybody understands your culture. So unless you find somebody that understands your particular lifestyle and your culture, and even then you can still struggle. It's about understanding the person as they are and taking careful baby steps along the way and just being patient. Yeah. What are the the other four? So the other four is uh, the insecure one, which is definitely something I can. I've yeah. been <laughs> so. I, I think, though, that it's good, though, because the, we're both admitting as dating relationship coaches that we've been there, done that. And there's a way to get out of that, you know. So talk a little bit more about the insecure one. So the insecure one can't really take blame right like everything that happens that i feel unsafe with like let's say you know you're someone you're at work and you talk to a co-worker and i'm jealous that there's this guy that works with you all day but in actuality you are just working with them you know if i'm making a big fuss about that and complaining and i'm not giving you room to like explain what the real situation is then I'm not working with my insecurity. Rather, it's irrational and illogical. So at that point, it's, it doesn't warrant that. So instead of working on it myself, I just continue to project. And I'll say things like, you just like him. Like, let's just be honest. Like, I feel like you just like him. You just want him. You know, and I'm projecting these things that are not true, that I don't even know to be factual. So that's the problem that comes from insecurities is eventually you're going to potentially project. And you're going to tell the other person what they're doing wrong that you don't even know because you just feel something in your spirit that you need to learn to grow from. So instead of making these person make these extreme compromises and sacrifices to fit the box that you feel comfortable. And then in some cases, it's never ending. Like it it never ends. You know, like it's just one insecurity after another because you're not resolving it on your own or you're not even trying. So I don't know if that. Yeah, no, I I agree with that 100%. But I do think that at some point, if you're feeling that way in a relationship, it's like maybe that relationship isn't for you. You know, listen to your gut. Like if that's something that you can't handle, then why are you even in the relationship if you're constantly anxious and constantly like questioning the other person? So, you know, it's funny that you say that because here's how I look at it, right? There's a challenge in relationships or potential relationships for growth. Yeah. Like, for example... I think a lot of people like challenges because it challenges the worst parts of you, right? Like if a person is doing things that make you insecure, you have two options. You can either find a way or you can, well, three, number one, find a way to become more secure about it. Yeah. Number two, ask them for compromise or number three, walk away. So most people will just keep trying and they'll keep challenging themselves and then end up, you know, in a situation where they don't want to be. So I think we need to figure out which challenge is this person bringing us? Is it a healthy challenge? Right. Are they challenging us to be better and to look at things in a healthier way? Or are they challenging us from a toxic way where we're now becoming worse and we have to lower our standards to accommodate this? 
Yeah, I actually love that you said that. I'm like thinking back to my past relationships. I'm like my first one, my gut was telling me everything was off and they were challenging me in a toxic way because I knew in my gut he was cheating on me, but I didn't have any evidence, but it turned out that he was. So you have to just know, again, like are they challenging you in a healthy way? Are they actually giving you proof that something's going on? And you can you trust them? Can you get to a point where you can trust them? But yeah, I love that you said that. Then number three. Number three, the um, the one who always has to win. Okay. Um, that's 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 one. Someone who's always looking to have the upper hand, right? They always have to have the last word, or they always have to do more. So the way they they and these these kind of branch off into similar personality qualities, right? Because I feel like a lot of us operate in the same way. Like a lot of us are not that significantly different. We just express it differently, right? So if I'm insecure that you could feel like you're better than me. So like, for example, like when you hear women who say, oh, I make more money than the guy and that makes him insecure about me, right? So that guy will sometimes find a way to make himself sound better than you just so that he can feel more powerful or vice versa, you know? So if you're always comparing yourself to me or always finding a way to make it seem like you're better off without me like you don't you don't necessarily need me and you're shoving it in my face or you're making me feel like oh i need you like it becomes this power struggle the power struggle is a sign that this is not healthy it shouldn't have to be i'm better than you i'm one up to you i have to get the last word in it should be how do we come together and take on the problem as a team it shouldn't be you versus me right Right. so do you see that one a lot with like clients not that one not that not too often no that's 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 one one that i don't necessarily relate to like because if you're trying to compete with me i'm just gonna like laugh at you (laughs) and move on yeah yeah (laughs) but i I, i've seen it a few times but yeah not too often that's that's kind of common yeah but that one is the the least of the common probably yeah but when it does happen i'm sorry have you related to that one at all i've seen other people do it Mm-hmm. I've seen other people do it. I've seen, I I knew a couple that was married and I noticed that every time one of them came up with an idea, the other one had the same idea. Oh, this one wants to do something great for you. The other person had to match it just because they didn't want you to have, you know, the say over them. Cause they somehow feel like if you do more for them or if you do more in the relationship, then yeah. you're like the power one. And it's like this, this power struggle. So I also saw it divorce them. So yeah, it can get that bad if you let it go that far. Yeah, I um, I think that's just like in a competitive nature because I I knew a couple that the the girl was like like specifically with gifts like she would be like oh like I have to get the better gift and like whenever she she would go all out like spend a lot of money on these gifts and then she would give it to him and then he wouldn't give her very much and she'd be like. Like, what's his problem? But it didn't go both ways. Like, it wasn't a one-up kind of situation. It was just more so her her competitive nature. Yeah, I think that's where it's more healthy to just, you know, work in the area that comes natural to you than to try to, like, take on the area that comes natural to them. You know, like, that's why we have, that's why I said five personality types, because I was, like, related to love languages. Like, you can learn a person's Mm. love languages. and, And, but if you don't, then you'll end up in these categories, potentially, where now you're insecure or now you're trying to win or now you're trying to have the one up and you're you're doing too much to make it work. Like you don't need to do these, fall into these categories. If you just understand the way a person loves, I think a lot of us just lack 
so much understanding of ourselves and other people. To, mm-hmm. I like it, to be honest with you. I think a lot of us don't even know how to be in a relationship or a marriage and we're just kind of jumping in and there's no qualification system for this thing you know it's like for marriage you just sign up like hey just sign the paper and we're done you know there needs to be some kind of like mental examination or something yeah 100 i think though it's like tough because i've heard a lot of people say like well i don't feel connections very often so when i do and then they they jump into the first person that they feel this connection with, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the best fit for them. Like just because you have chemistry with someone doesn't mean that that's the person that you're meant to be with. Oh, we're gonna take this layers deep. Oh, let's go. <laughs> you, you just hit a good one. Marriage. <laughs> wow. So <clears throat> here's the thing, everyone. I wanna I wanna start this with saying that marriage is whatever you make it. So however you want to have a marriage is completely up to you. And that's the way it should be. You shouldn't be looking at other people as a template, unless you just want to take some of the good parts here and there, understandable, but it should be how you see it. Now, with that being said, marriage was built such a long time ago. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of uh, categories that it fell under at the time. And clearly we're in a modern society where we're still trying to carry some of those old school ways, but we have to be careful because to manage a marriage, it's so much more than the connection. And we rely so much on our emotions to make this decision for us. But we rarely look at our logic and say, is this person a logical choice? Like, is this person a good parent? Is this person a good husband or wife? Is this person capable of getting along with me in times of conflict? Yeah. Like in, in some cases, I've seen people marry someone just to make them better. They're thinking, well, if I marry this person, they'll be convinced okay. that I'm here for them. I love them. They'll know it. If I have a kid with this person, they'll know I love them for real. And it never ends. I yeah. think we need to look at marriage and relationship as the reward system rather than what I need to push this forward. It needs to be, have we earned a relationship with each other? Have we earned that level of vulnerability instead of just jumping in? I'm just like looking at some of the marriages nowadays that are close to me. And I'm like, wow, you guys really did not think this one through. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, how did you come to this conclusion? And then it's just like so many, I feel like just so many women just want so bad to get married and have kids and do the thing and do the steps. And then once they get all that, it's like, then at the end of the day, you're left with this person that's right in front of you who you don't even know that you actually like them. You just committed to them because they were the first option that you had available to you. Yeah. I mean, and you know, guys, we're we're in a similar category, you know, like it feels good, makes sense. We don't really question much. And a lot of us take on stuff that we don't think is suitable for us. Like we're, I've seen a lot of guys getting married to women that they weren't all the way secure with. And, you know, they didn't have these uncomfortable conversations. I think one of the qualifications for a long-term commitment is being able to have uncomfortable conversations early on, you know, and it's not going to always be what the other person wants or, or wants to hear. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with disappointing someone and saying, Hey, this is not something I like. Can we work with this differently? And if the other person doesn't see it that way, that's okay. But you have to be willing to do that. You know, don't just deal with it because the person is telling you, well, you got, it's wrong. And see, this is where I say, like, people start throwing, you know, words at each other. Like, oh, you're insecure. Or you're just thinking too much. You're overthinking. Or there's something wrong with you. Or you need to be better. Like, throwing words, therapeutic words at me is not going to help us. You know, if, 
I'm insecure, then I need to go to a therapist and find out that's the case. But acting like you're my therapist in this relationship is not going to work. Like I tell people, if I date you, I'm not going to coach you. Like that's not going to work. That's a different type of hierarchy. I just want to be your partner and your equal support. That's it. Yeah. So I'm curious because you brought up a good point. Um, You said that guys are kind of doing the same thing as far as like just settling for what's in front of them. I see so many TikToks saying, I'm sure you've seen them, but it's like a metaphor that they use, like the taxi cab. When a guy is ready for a relationship, ready to settle down, he turns on his like ready for a relationship and then he'll pick the first girl that's in front of him. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. That's a good question. I think that varies from person to person too. You know, like I think there are some guys out here that, you know, they're they're waiting a long time and haven't really went through the steps of, character building or learning how to be a husband and learning how to settle down and what that looks like or what that means. Yeah. And then by the time they're ready, it's like, oh, well, I've reached the point where, you know, options are starting to change. Life is looking different. My friends are settling down. Maybe I should now think about taking it more seriously when I date instead of just thinking that everyone is expendable or this is just a fun time, you know? But I also think there's a large group of men that want to be married and want to be committed early and and don't want to be out here and but you know sometimes they get passed by or they haven't developed enough character strength to make that work for them so that's a I think that's a variable you know like that's that's one of those things that's like not everybody but I've seen it all right got it so you don't just decide one day like okay I'm ready (laughs) no I think I think I think here's the thing I think you can you can be ready earlier on you know intentionally but to actually be able to carry out and to be a husband figure and to be a good man, like sometimes that takes a little work, you know? So maybe you realize that later on, what that actually looks like, because now you're older and you've got more finances, more foundation, you understand yourself. So maybe that helps, but, and it also depends on what kind of father you want to be. Like, do you want to be head of household? Do you want to be a leader? That takes some, some learning, you know, and it's, not too many sources out here all the time. <laughs> yeah, <tell me> about it. <laughs> yeah. So getting back to the last two, enabler. Oh yeah. This is and this could fall into the similar. See, I like the fact that these kind of tied together because we yeah. can go back to the giver, right? So let's say a person is a decent person. Let's say they are capable of having a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. But when they don't show you the right behaviors, because they come with a range of behaviors, we're all just coming in new, right? Like whatever I was before this, this is new, right? It's, I don't know what you like and what you don't like. I'm just going to be me. Now there are going to be some things that you're not going to like. And I don't know that yet, but if you're still giving to me and not speaking about what you don't like, then now you're enabling my behavior. You see, you're supposed to be able to step back Let me know that this doesn't work. And if I do it again, give space, right? But what some people do is they say, oh, well, it's okay. You know, like they'll come up with excuses for the other person. Well, they're going through so much or they just had a bad time or they had a bad childhood. Not saying those things aren't valid to their emotional capacity, but the way you need to be treated needs to happen or you can't carry this relationship forward regardless of where they came from. Right. So that's where the enabler kind of takes place. So it's mostly like the excuses that you're making for someone. Exactly. And the fact that you keep giving them the same level of effort, 
even yeah. though you're not receiving what you need. Yeah. Oh God. So, yeah. Hank can resonate. <laughs> In the past, yes, one hundred percent. I've seen that one a lot, actually. Really? Yeah. Um, just like in my past relationship, I would just make just like I think the the moment you start making excuses for someone on a continuous basis anyway, it should be the like the sign that maybe, you know, you should keep it moving. Yeah, definitely one of the signs. Um, or that you should, you know, start pulling back your efforts and, and yeah. making it aware, you know, because we don't always have to just get up and walk. We can give them a chance. Like we can say what's wrong and communicate that I actually really enforce communication. Cause that's a lot of, I don't see that a lot in this generation. We're so quick to say, just leave, but sometimes you can communicate through these things. Like that's a part of, you know, growing together, but then they're like, Oh, the person shuts me down and they don't want to hear it. And I'm like, well, then they're not capable of communicating. Yeah. If they're not willing to listen to you, then they are not a communicator. Right. The last one, the control freak. Mm, so this is what I would like to call controlled outcome. So in life, we are not promised an outcome. Mm -hmm. We can try everything we want to try. We can work as hard <laughs> as we want, but we're not promised what's going to happen or the result from it. So mm -hmm. what I've noticed is some people, when they date, they try to have some type of control over the way this, these things are going to end up. So like, for example, if I don't hear a person text me back for four hours, well, clearly they're going to dump me. So I'm going to dump them first. Yeah. So that way I can. Huh? I said we enjoy a predictable outcome. Like it exactly. Makes and like we're in control of everything. Exactly. And see, because it makes us feel like I know what's going to happen next because mm -hmm. we don't like to be vulnerable. But that's not the way it works. You know, like even in life, you don't know what's going to happen next. I'm not promised I'm going to live tomorrow, but I still go about my life as if I am. I so am. we need to do that with other people. We need to allow them the space to disappoint us. If they're going to, that's a part of the process. So you learn, is this level of disappointment bad? But that's where I also see people say, I don't like it when a person is too nice or too kind or too considerate because I don't know where the other shoe is going to drop. So they're more likely to trust someone that isn't kind of considerate, mm. bad up front. And they're like, well, it's honest. It's honest. I mean, they're honest. So it works. It's like, but it's bad. That's that's your deal. <laughs> like, do you really want that? <laughs> yeah, you could walk away. But they're like, no, since you introduced it to me firsthand, I had time to work through it. So now anything else you show me is going to be good. I could work with this bad yeah. instead of seeing the good up front and then wondering when the bad is going to come. Like trusting the process that everything is going to unfold the way that it needs to. Once I learned that about life, everything else just started unfolding beautifully. It's like the moment you start to control a situation is when it starts to crumble. It took me a long time. I honestly woke up one day and like, wow, I worry so much. Why do I do that? When I just like everything has always worked out for me. Like everything is going to happen the way that it needs to. So I like the control freak one because I definitely used to be. <laughs> Thank you. No. And, you know, it's <clears throat> and I see this in some people, too, who haven't worked past their past things. Right. Like they haven't had the room or the opportunity or the right professional in front of them to say this is what actually happened. And this is why you haven't gotten past this. So. People, I notice people who are who haven't gotten past what happened in the past are more likely to have this fear because they're like, I still haven't 
conquered what happened back then. So now how do I know this isn't going to happen again? How do I know I'm going to be able to prevent it? I now don't trust myself to make a good decision. Yes. Damn, so, that is key. <laughs> it's like you have to trust yourself enough to know when to walk away or trust yourself that you're going to be able to handle the situation whenever you need to. I love that you brought that point up because I think that a huge amount of that is just trusting yourself that you're going to be okay in any situation. 1000%. Even if it goes wrong, you can't see. I like uh, the John F. Kennedy quote, you know, don't pray for easier lives, pray to become stronger. Mm. And in this lifetime, all you want to do is say, I have faith that whatever happens, I'll be able to handle it. That's the most you can ask for if you're going to decide the date because you yeah. don't have to and you don't have to deal with any of this. But this is what we sign up for. Yeah. Facts. Damn. Spitting facts. <laughs> <laughs> I came ready. <laughs> OK, well, um, to wrap things up, I wanted to ask you a final question. Sure. What would you say is the best piece of dating advice that you can give to, you can either choose males or females or overall, just generalized? Um, Overall, I would say don't date, just become friends. Yeah. I think because the word dating, um, what is it, a social structure or whatever, um, it's a lot of words in society have come from back in the day, right? A lot of these words and terms came from a more traditional base and there's nothing wrong with that. But nowadays, a lot of us have a choice to be in or out, to do what we want, when we want, how we want, with who we want. So with that type of structure, we need to focus more on getting to know the person as is. Mm -hmm. We need to focus more on just learning about a person without the expectations or the pressure or the unrealistic measures of what they could be rather than who they are and does this work with you. So stop dating, stop taking it as dating, stop putting so much pressure on yourself to meet up with someone and show up as this figure that they don't even know, or you don't even know about. Just look at them as a friend. And then if the chemistry builds and you see things that make sense, then allow it to naturally get there. If it's meant to be, it will happen. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. Love that. For me in the past, it was so much easier for me to get rid of friends that were toxic as opposed to relationships that were toxic. So putting it into that perspective, 100% stay friends out first and then work into a romantic connection. 1000%. Love it. So where the, where can the people find you? Uh, so people can find me all over the internet. Literally, if you, you know, Xavier you're probably popping Tainment. up way more than my stuff. Yeah, no, you're not. like <laughs> literally, if you put in Xavier Tainment on Google, all mm -hmm. of my social media will come up. You can go on TikTok, Xavier Tainment, Instagram, Xavier Tainment, YouTube, Facebook. Um, all of it is Xavier Tainment everywhere, and that's where you'll find me. And that is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And again, if you have not done so already, now's your time to hit that subscribe button. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave that thumbs up, leave that five-star rating. I appreciate each and every view. So thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will see you all next Tuesday.